BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, Scarecasters. I hope you all had a wonderful Halloween. Even though it's November, the scary stories never stop. I'm kicking Season 7 off with a tale featuring one of my favorite stores. You guessed it. Target. Now, I won't be talking about how long the lines are. And I won't be talking about how ridiculously high their prices have gotten over the last few months. No, I'll be talking about a new location in Owingsville, Kentucky. Now, have you heard of it? They sent all these postcards in the mail for 10% off. And the couple who were able to venture there were one of the lucky few who received this rather unusual discount. With a wife who is obsessed with getting the best deals even if it means wasting $10 on gas just to save $5. This couple could not simply ignore the postcard that came through the mail. Now let's see just how much this couple is able to walk away with in the story, The New Target in Owingsville, written by GTrip14. I hope you all enjoy this spooky tale. Darren, did you know they opened a Target in Owingsville? My wife Deborah asked me excitedly. Grab the car keys, let's go check it out. I rolled my eyes. It was almost six in the evening and I had a long day at work. The prospect of an hour's drive there, two hours of shopping, and an hour's drive home wasn't appealing at all. 
They didn't open a damn target in Owensville, I replied curtly. Only about 2,000 people live there. Why in the hell would a multi-billion dollar corporation open a store in the middle of the sticks in a town that isn't big enough to even support a McDonald's? Squilling wood on tile penetrated my ears as she pushed a bar stool away from the kitchen counter. Her footfalls approaching my chair were heavy, like a pouting child's. <sighs> I should have known better than to start an argument with her about Target. She dropped something from above me. A glossy red mailer advertisement sailed through the air over the top of my head. I looked down at my lap to see the familiar red and white logo. The cluster of red vested employees smiled up at me from the shiny cardstock. Target would like to welcome you to our newest location in Owingsville, Kentucky. Bring this ad to the register for an additional 10% off your first purchase. She worshipped the damn place. We lived in Lexington, Kentucky and she made the rounds between all three. The Clarence Queen, she called herself. Deb would buy the Clarence items by the carload from any Target within a reasonable drive and resell them on Amazon. Retail arbitrage, I think she called it. Don't get me wrong, she made some decent money with it. We were middle-aged and empty nesters when she started. Her entire life had become devoted to raising the kids. When Dustin and Jessica left for college, she struggled a bit. Stared around the house like a caged animal. I pushed her to find a hobby. It was a few years until I would retire and most of her friends worked. And that's when the Target clearance spree started. Oingsville is almost an hour away and there are three damn Targets here in town, I said, irritation building. Why do we need to drive out to the middle of nowhere to get what we can find in town? My wife went back into the kitchen and started washing the dishes. Every movement she made was exaggerated to show her displeasure. Cabinets closed so hard that they were just shy of the slam. Glasses hammered on the counter so hard, I expected to hear them shatter. She sighed at least three times a minute. I wish I hadn't given in. If I would have just stood my ground, maybe everything would have been all right. Our family would still be whole. Police detectives wouldn't stop by the house every week just for a chat. But I did give in. I agreed to go. Fine, grab your purse and put on your shoes. I huffed, pushing myself out of the recliner. We can go, but no more than an hour of shopping, okay? I've got to work in the morning so we can't fool around all night. She squilled with excitement and ran off to the bedroom. Why the hell did I agree to go? The drive to Owingsville was uneventful. NPR news stories played on the radio as my wife fidgeted with her cell phone. While I had been mildly irritated before we left the house, I was almost to a raging boil by the time we got to Owingsville. 
an hour's drive to the middle of the country. And my wife looked at the Amazon listings the entire drive. We had already reached the center of Owingsville, and the GPS said that there were still two and a half miles to go. From the overhead view on the map, the address was clearly a good distance out of town, headed towards Moorhead. The location of the store was making less sense at the moment. Are you sure you put the right address on the GPS? I asked Deborah. She didn't answer, still scrolling through her phone. Deborah, I said a bit louder. She looked up at me and smiled. The sweetness of it cooled my anger down to a dull simmer. I even felt bad for being angry. Her life had changed so much in the last year, and this was something she did to pass some lonely time. Sweetie, are you, are you sure you put in the right address? I really don't think this can be right. Deb leaned over and pulled out the cardstock advertisement from her purse, and then she looked at the address. Reaching over, she pulled the GPS from the dashboard and punched a few buttons. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see a confused expression consume her face. Yeah, she said. It's the right address. The weird thing is that the GPS just corrected itself. It was down to two miles and now it just jumped back up to two and a half miles. Still says it's straight ahead on the right though. I wasn't concerned yet, but I was confused. The GPS clearly said two and a half miles when we pulled out of Owingsville into the dark country lane. We had been on the road for nearly a minute. It could have been just a glitch in the software, but it still left me with an uneasy feeling. My eyes darted back and forth from the GPS screen to the darting yellow lines in the center of the road. The mileage was decreasing as it should have, and I felt relieved. Only a mile ahead, and we would be there soon. I looked back at the road and looked for parking lot lights in the distance. You missed your destination. What? Please make a U-turn and head back two and a half miles. Your destination will be on the right side of the road. What the hell? I said in a panic. The GPS had only said one mile moments before. There was no way I had driven a mile and a half past a huge department store on the side of a dark country highway and missed it. You've got to be kidding me. I pulled the car into the shoulder and made a U-turn. As we drove back in the direction that we came, my hands on the steering wheel fluttered with nervous energy. Something was wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Was I zoning out while we drove? Was the GPS malfunctioning? Did the damn store even exist? Just a moment before I was going to tell my wife that we were heading home, I could see an unnaturally bright light ahead in the wood line. The tops of the parking lot lights 
peeked over the top of the forest. I turned to Deborah to voice my concern, but her face was painted with a satisfied grin. I told you we'd find it, she exclaimed with excitement. We pulled around the tree line to see an immense parking lot in front of the brightly lit store. There were maybe three cars parked at the far side of the lot. The cart returns were empty. It looked like no one had been there other than a few employees. You were all worked up over nothing. I pulled the car into a parking space closest to the door. We got out and started walking towards the entrance. There was emotionless elevator music playing in the parking lot. I looked up towards the tops of the light poles, but weirdly, I didn't see any speakers. None of the targets in Lexington played the cant music, and it filled me with a strange sense of dread. It was as though it had came from nowhere. Even the entrance to the building was strange. While most stores have an entrance directly in the center of the building, or two mirrored entrances on each end of the building, there was only one here, and it was almost directly at the far right corner of the building. I looked to my left and saw the three other cars in the lot were parked all the way to the right. Maybe there was an employee door on the side of the building, but I couldn't see a walkway. There were four or five feet of grass between the parking lot and the edge of the building. Something about the exterior was off-putting as well. Every other store I had seen was a cream or beige color with a few red awnings and a red Target logo next to the store name, but not this one. The entire building was fire engine red. It reminded me of the unrealistically bright blood from the old 80s slasher films. And where there would usually be only one Target logo, the building was covered with them. Hundreds maybe, all different sizes. Some of the larger logos had smaller ones between the red and white circles. A few overlapped. And strangest of all, there was no sign that just said, Target. Depp, something about this is weirding me out, I said hesitantly. Let's come back tomorrow during the day. Looks like they could be closed anyhow. There's not many cars in a lot. She stopped and turned towards me. The exuberant grin had vanished from her face and was replaced by a set of furrowed brows. Her body was slightly rigid and her head turned slowly from side to side. We drove an hour to get here and you nearly got us lost twice, she said angrily. Don't you think for a second we're going home. If you're going to act like an ass the whole time, Go wait in the car. I was a bit dumbstruck. Deb was usually soft-spoken and sweet. 
Only a handful of times had I ever heard her curse. Never at me. She turned and went through the sliding doors at the front of the store. Hurt and angry, I went back to the car. For the first 30 minutes, Deb was inside. I scanned the parking lot like a prey animal, searching for a hunter. No cars passed on the main road, and no one pulled into the parking lot. There was no motion that I could detect through the glass doors into the building. Occasionally, a light would flicker in the parking lot, but otherwise, things seemed relatively normal. I tried to call Deborah once or twice, but didn't get an answer. Halfway through a lengthy, apologetic text message, I decided to leave her alone. She probably needed time to cool off, and Target bargain shopping was probably the best medicine for that. At some point, I fell asleep. It wasn't intentional, but there is only so much aimless scrolling on a smartphone I can do before I start to nod in and out. Once I start to drift, an involuntary nap is always in my future. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I had probably been asleep for around 45 minutes when my cell phone began to buzz in my hand. Startled by the sudden motion, I looked down at my phone there was a text message from Deb. I thought it was just Deb telling me that she was running behind and checking out, but the message said something else. Help me. The messaging was confusing. Did she want help carrying something to the car? Was there something she wanted my opinion on? I sent a reply. What do you need help with, sweetie? No response. Three minutes passed and I tried again. You okay? Another few minutes and there was still no reply. 
I'm getting worried. Do I need to come in? I waited for another minute, but she never texted me back. Unsnapping my seatbelt, I pushed the door of the car open and felt resistance and a loud smack. Looking to my left, there was a yellow car next to me. It hadn't been there when I went to sleep, and I had just slammed my door into the side of it. There was just enough room for me to slide out, so I wedged myself sideways and closed my door. Bending over, I looked at the side of the yellow car where my door had made contact. There was no dent or mark. With relief, I stood and turned to head towards the door, but I was startled by an ocean of yellow cars. There were dozens of makes and models, but each vehicle in the lot was yellow, and almost every single parking space was filled, but there was no one in the parking lot. When I turned to head toward the door, there was no one moving around inside that I could see from there. My stomach dropped. Something was wrong. When I passed through the entryway doors, the store looked like it should, with a few exceptions. All of the registers were self-checkout, with no place for an attendant. Where you would expect to find a customer service department, there was an empty red wall. There was a cart coral, but it stood empty. All of the products I could see on the shelf had no writing, just a Target logo and a picture of what was inside. And strangest of all was the lack of people. The only noise in the building was a keyboard version of the girl from Ipanema. It had a teeny quality to it, as though it were being played from a World War II era radio. Crackles of static pierced through occasionally, causing me to wince. Hello? I said loudly. It wasn't quite a shout, but there was more volume to it than my normal speaking voice. It took most of my willpower not to scream at the top of my lungs, but I didn't want to make myself seem unstable if it turned out that there were other people in the store. There has to be someone else here, I thought to myself. Why the hell would the parking lot be so full if no one was inside? But no one answered my call. Excuse me, I said a bit louder. My footfalls almost seemed to echo as I walked into the store. Deborah, can you hear me? Silence. Is anyone in this damn building? I screamed. My temples were throbbing and it felt like the canned music pouring from the speakers grew louder to drown out my calls. I was running down the aisles, looking side to side frantically, passing row after row of generic shells filled with red packaging. I screamed my wife's name over and over 
And that's when my phone vibrated in my pocket, and I pulled it out. There was another text from Deborah. Please get me out of here. Chill ran up my spine. Can you hear me screaming for you? The ellipsis bubble popped up showing that she was typing a response. No, I can only hear the red man. I'm hiding from them in the bathroom. Please come help me. I didn't have time to register what she meant by the red men. Breaking into a run, I headed toward the back of the store. As I passed by the clothing section, I panicked and jumped back, slamming into a rack filled with clothing. There was a red, faceless man standing on a platform behind the rows of clothing. Terrified, I pushed myself backward and hid behind a shelf. There was no sound of movement, only the teeny music playing from overhead. I couldn't decide if the red man hadn't seen me, but after a few moments, I slowly peeked my head around the shelf toward the clothing section. The men stood stoically behind the rows of clothing. Bright lines of light reflected off of his smooth body, and he didn't move at all. To mannequin, I thought. I to move your ass and find Deborah. I stood and walked back around the shelf. Without the lens of fear, I could see that the shiny red man was only a mannequin. There were no clothes on it yet. Maybe the store opened before they were able to finish setting up the store. As I walked past it, my pulse slowed. I could see the bathroom sign hanging from the ceiling overhead and moved in that direction. As soon as I got Deborah out of the bathroom, we were going to get out of there and blow every stoplight between Owingsville and Lexington. But then, I heard footsteps. When I turned to face the clothing section, I could see that the bright red mannequin was off of the pedestal. It stood on the bright white tiles of the walkway. In only a moment, the thing had moved at least 15 feet in my direction, and there was no one else around. What the hell? I said aloud. Slowly, I began to walk backward toward the bathroom, keeping my eyes locked on the mannequin. It didn't move but I had the uncomfortable feeling that it was watching me with its featureless face. Sweat began to pour from my forehead, and suddenly, there were steps behind me. I spun around to see another red mannequin standing about 100 feet on the other side of me. As I looked in its direction, I could hear more footsteps behind my back. When I turned, the mannequin from the clothing department was a few 
feet closer to me. Before I could collect my thoughts, both of the shining red mannequins burst into a spring toward me. I panicked and ran into the aisle behind me. Their hard feet clacked on the floor, easily making gains on me. Twenty years past my prime, I wasn't used to much physical exertion anymore. I hadn't run more than two miles and I was already out of breath. Entering a box of shells, I turned to face the oncoming red mannequins. Desperate, I searched the shells near me for a weapon. It was a home goods section, and I began to scan the shells. At the end of the shelf to my right was a cheap-looking red-handled chef's knife. I lunged for it just in time. As I pulled off the plastic cover, the two red men came around the corner. I extended the knife toward both of them, and they stopped. Both of them tilted their heads side to side like confused dogs. They turned toward each other as one of them began tapping a hard finger against their palm. It sounded like Morse code. The other began making the same clicking noise. They simultaneously turned and walked toward a red support pillar a few feet behind them. I watched cautiously, scanning the area behind me occasionally. Their sudden disengagement made me as nervous as the pursuit itself. When they reached the red pillar, they both turned and placed their backs against it. Stretching their arms straight over their bodies, they tilted their heads back. The overhead speakers began to increase in volume rapidly. I watched as the two red men fell backward and vanished into the pillar. My mind struggled to comprehend what I had just seen. The store was quiet again. I could feel the throbbing of my temples intensify. Once I snapped myself out of the momentary daze, I began moving cautiously towards the bathrooms again. I moved slowly, checking each aisle before I passed to the next one always looking for the red man, always listening for the slightest sign of another person. It felt like an eternity, but finally, I made it to the bathroom hallway. The lights there flickered wildly, and the music dissipated. On the left was the men's restroom, and on the right was the women's. I ran quickly toward the door, gripped the handle, and pulled it open. And behind the door was a red brick wall. I slammed my fist against it in frustration. Darren? I heard a muffled voice say from behind the brick wall. Darren, is that you? Deborah? I shouted. Are you okay? I'm right outside. Is there a way to get out? No. She whimpered. But I think I hear... Her sentence was cut short by a blood-curdling scream. 
hear thrashing and dull thuds through the red bricks. I screamed her name over and over, but she never replied, and the room behind the brick wall fell silent. And then I heard the clicking of footsteps begin to sound at the end of the hallway. I turned my head to see dozens of shiny red men blocking the hall, their heads all tilted at different angles, and some had lengths of pipe in their smooth grips, while others held assorted kitchen knives. The chain was swinging lazily from the hands of the red man in front of the horde. My eyes darted back and forth between the crowd, the brick wall blocking me from my wife, and the group of demonic red mannequins. I began to cry loudly, accepting that I couldn't save Deborah. Hell, I couldn't even save myself. In resignation, I fell backward. As my back met what I thought was the end of the hallway, I was surprised to feel the push of a door that wasn't there moments before hit the small of my back. The door gave way and I tumbled backward, slamming hard against the ground. My vision was swimming as I watched the door marked emergency exit slam closed. I blacked out. When I came to, I was in a field. The tall grass was brushing against my face and the rustling sounds of nocturnal animals filled the night air. My head was throbbing and for a moment I couldn't recall why I was on the ground. I pushed myself up from the ground and reached forward to grab the door handle but found nothing. There was only an empty field in front of me. Moonlight reflected from my car windshield in the distance. The building was gone. The hundreds of yellow cars had disappeared. Grass and weeds replaced the parking lot. That was seven months ago. I called the Owingsville Police Department, who came to the scene to investigate. They took my statement and looked at me in bewilderment as the story of the now-absent Target store became odder with each passing sentence. There's never been a Target in Owingsville, said one of the officers. Not really the kind of place that sets up shop around here. Deborah never returned. She's been listed as a missing person the entire time. Detectives from Owingsville and Lexington have interviewed me more times than I can count. They've served me search warrants for the house and both of our cars. Interviewed every damn person both of us knew. And no one talks to me anymore. My friends won't answer my calls. My family won't talk to me. Her family has hired a private investigator, and I see the greasy bastard following me sometimes. Hell, I even quit my job. They couldn't fire me, but 
They made sure I knew I wasn't wanted there anymore. <sighs> I miss my wife, but everyone thinks I killed her. My life is falling apart, but maybe it will change. I've got to call the detective soon. When I checked the mail today, there, there was something strange in there. Something that gives me a little hope. It was a Target mailer. The same one Deborah showed me all those months ago. But just advertising a different location. Target would like to welcome you to our newest location in Paris, Kentucky. Bring this ad to the register for an additional 10% off your first purchase. Yes. There was the same group of red vested employees smiling at the camera. Cheesy grins and everything. And right in the middle was a face I knew so well. She was smiling that same smile I'd seen a thousand times. My sweet, sweet Deborah. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please consider becoming a member of my Patreon page, where you can have access to over 200 episodes with no ads, no promo, no bullshit. Just scary stories which you can download or listen to through an exclusive podcast feed. You will have access to the entire Scarecast catalog, my bedtime story collection, and over 40 episodes never before released on the podcast. You can join today by visiting patreon.com slash the scarecast. All information will be posted in the description of this episode. Also, follow my Instagram at the scarecast for podcast updates. As always, be safe out there and until next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.